I want us to recite. Can you put the word up for me? Is that okay? The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, my, the title of my message is Your Foundation of Peace. But before I go into that, I want to speak to those that are not here outside watching. We have a lot of people coming in and they go online. So I'm speaking to them. And if you're here also and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm speaking to you as well. Isaiah 43 verse 10 and verse 11. Jesus said, you are my witnesses. I mean, the Bible says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. My servant who I am chosen, that you may know and believe me. This Old Testament, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed. Nor shall there be after me just one God. And he says, I, God, even I, I, God, even I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Old Testament. Jesus is God. And he says, you have to believe him, just like our Sunday school class, you have to believe him to get to heaven. That's why he came. For you to be saved and go to heaven. In John chapter 8, Jesus said to the people, he says, if you don't believe that I am he, the same thing that we read in Isaiah if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And dying in your sins means going to hell. Jesus says, believe in me. If you don't believe that I am he, that God, who is the Savior, I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. You need Jesus to be saved. You need him. If you are out there, listen to me. Good people don't go to heaven. Because God has declared all. There is no righteous, no, not one. So you got to believe in Jesus to be righteous. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. When you take him into your life and you receive him instantly. You are made righteous. The old man dies. And the new man comes alive. That can hear God. That loves God. All of a sudden you love God and you love people. Amen. You have nothing to prove anymore. Because Jesus lives in you. Just because you said, 
I accept you. Sometimes we make things so difficult for, Christ, for people to come to Christ. They think, okay, maybe I need to cry a bucket full of uh, tears so he can hear me. Uh-uh. You don't need that. All you need to do is to do what Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 tells us. It's simple. The work is already done. The pain already taken by Jesus. Your sins are already forgiven. All God is saying, accept the gift of freedom from sin. How difficult is that? If I give you a gift, would you not just receive it? We got a gift from the church. We receive the gift with thanksgiving. God says, receive the gift with thanksgiving. And then you're saved. And then you can go to heaven. And nothing standing in your way. The word, just receiving him, transforms your life. You see things differently. After I got saved, I got out and said, Oh, these, these flowers are so beautiful. They've been there all along. But you see things differently. Once Jesus is coming to your heart. Pastor Larry is going to come later and t- encourage you to do that. Isaiah, I mean, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth, how tough it is to say with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and if you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth, that's number one, and believe in your heart, number two, and you will be saved. I don't care how many sins you've committed. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many murders do you have to commit to be a murderer? One. So people have lied. There is no man that's living or not that hasn't lied. And God wants to forgive you. All of it washed away as if you didn't do it. And you are accepted into God's family. Amen. Pastor Larry is going to come and say, He tells us this very clearly. The reason why that is, is because of for with the mouth, with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. Verse 10. And with your mouth, the thing is what you say. You believe it in your heart. I ask people, do you believe Jesus as the Lord from heaven? Yes. You believe that Jesus is the Savior? Yes. You believe he died for your sin? Yes. You believe he rose from the dead? Yes. Have you received him? Yes. You are a Christian. And you're going to heaven. That's all the text. And the word transforms your life. And you start living the good life. Amen? Which is the life of righteousness. Pastor Larry will get you uh, to make that decision today. And you will make the decision. Because I know God's touching your heart. You will make that decision today. Amen. So now I go back to your foundation of peace. The Bible tells us that in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In the end of chapter, he said, I am the good shepherd. I am not just a shepherd. I am the. There is only one good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. 
And the Bible tells us in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why don't we believe that? God said it. If Jesus is your shepherd, you cannot be in want. It's impossible if you believe that scripture and still be in want. Has nothing to do with your education. Has nothing to do with your intellect. Has nothing to do with your wisdom. But the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall never know want. And that's the truth. And God watches over his word to perform it. Well, I don't feel like uh, God's going to bless me. What has feeling got to do with it? This is God speaking. And he's saying, as long as I'm your good shepherd, you will never know want. What happens is, in our natural life, Sometimes we do go through periods of farming. <laughs> Just like Abraham. That's the time to rejoice. Because Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, Abraham went in during the time of farming to be with Pharaoh. And it didn't work. Nobody was doing anything. But he came out, and if you read in Genesis 13, verse 1, he became very rich because God blessed him during famine. Genesis 26, the same thing. Isaac did the exact the same time of famine. So let me tell you this. When you are going through a dry spell, and you still believe God to be your shepherd, guess what? A load of blessing is on your way to your life. Amen? If you believe it. A load of blessing is coming to you. Just stay still. Never complain. Do what you have to do. And watch what God will do. Can I hear an amen? amen? Watch what God will do. He says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He's always green. You turn right, it's green. You turn left, it's green. I mean, right for you and left for, for you. But, but no matter where you turn, he makes me like to lie down. You see, you are lying down in peace and eating green. Hallelujah. You are eating green. Everywhere you turn, you want to lie on your back, you make, or you want to lie down facing, it doesn't matter how you do it, you are lying down in green pastures. And then it makes you to be beside the still water, drinking from that. And then it leads you in the paths of righteousness. You know why? Not for you. You are called by his name. You are called by his name. So God watches over your life. Every single one of you, God watches over your life every time. Whether you are asleep or whether you wake up, he's there. 
He's there with you. We are in a wilderness experience. You know, we're just like the Jews left Egypt. That's our former life. Now we are in the wilderness experience. Then we enter the promised land over there. But during this time, that's where God differentiates who is going to the promised land, heaven, and those who are not going. And that depends on how you believe. How you believe. Joshua, Caleb, they believe God. They believe every word that he said. They didn't look to the giants. Amen. They didn't look to the giants. Many of us focus too much on the giants coming against our lives. And the next thing we know, we are saying, okay, why did God allow this? Why did God? I don't know why God allowed anything, but I can, if God allowed it, I can go through it. I can. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Let me tell you something. This is for your peace. Joseph, if he followed his dream, he'll be questioning, God, from your dream, the dream you gave to me, I was supposed to be the leader of my brothers. Now my brothers are trying to kill me in a pit. And why are they selling me to be a slave? He seems like he was going down. But what God was doing was creating his way, his path for his life to get to the top. Amen. So problems are not the issue. The real issue is what do you believe? And what are you speaking? What do you believe? And what are you speaking? Are you complaining like the children of Israel in the wilderness? Or you are trusting God and said, I don't care what's happening. God is my, the Lord is my shepherd. I will never know want. Nobody can destroy me. Amen. Because you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What things? The things of the world. The issues we have to deal with in life. What then can we say to these things that are coming against us? What then can we say? He says very clearly, if God is for us, say God is for me. God is for me. You are not saying it convincingly. <laughs> Some of you are not unbelieving believers, right? Unbelieving believers. No. Say it. God is with me. And God is for me. And the Bible tells you, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yes, they will try, but they will never succeed. Never. Not as long as God is with you. They come trying to creep in, and then they look up, oh my God, who is that behind him? We can't take this fight. Let's get away from this. Yes. And when the devil sees you coming, he says, here comes trouble. What is he about to do right now? Because the Bible says, decree a thing and it shall be established. And whatever we bind on earth is what? Bound in heaven. God, I don't think I can do that. 
I don't feel like I don't feel like I have the power. Uh, just believe the word. Try it. Believe me, you will like it afterwards. Because it works for you. If God be for us, who can be against us? General, they will try to come against you to take your life. And I've been there. I stared death with my eyes coming at me. But the grace of God, because of years, by the grace of God, my wife will tell you, not a single day of fear. I hear the bad news, go back home, sleep like a baby. Because God has already told me, very clearly in his word, when I was praying, God, what's going on? I don't understand. You always, you will hear me, what's going on? And he says to me, son, this is different. But you'll be okay. That was before any diagnosis. And so when the doctor speaking, <laughs> he asks, just speak, but I know I will be okay. God has already told me in my spirit, I will be okay. And I will. I got to go through stuff. And I determine in my heart, I'm not changing anything. And I'm not saying anything. Not by the grace of God, ask my wife, not one day of complaint. I don't complain. I got to go through. If, this is, if God allows it, don't understand it. Maybe when I get to heaven, I will because that's not the way I believe. You heard me speak. That's not the way I believe. But for everything that comes against you, there is a purpose. I may not go to the world. You know what? God's training your hands for warfare. That's what it is. The things that I've suffered and I've overcome, now I can help people. And it's beautiful. If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. The one that when John the Baptist baptized and he came out of the water, God could not hold back himself. No one had ever heard God speak. But on this day, God was so excited. His son was doing exactly what he had commanded him to do. And as Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit came on and God couldn't hold back. He spoke and everybody heard it. Amen. May God speak like that over your life. Amen. May God speak like that over your life. That he is well pleased with you. Amen. And may people hear it. May they hear it. Not by what you say, but as they watch your life and they see God moving in your life. You're fearless. Amen. You're fearless. Because you know the God in whom you believe. You're totally fearless. Not even in the face of death. You're totally fearless. In my mind, I got things to do. God, I'm not coming home yet. I'm not into, I like heaven, <laughs> uh, uh, but I still got some work here. I'm not through yet. I'm not satisfied. Amen. The Bible is clear. If God did not spare his own son and delivered him up, but delivered him up for us all. How many is for us all? How many here will say, I'm part of that all? He delivered Jesus for your sake. And the Bible says, how shall he 
not with him also freely give you what? Or what? You don't sound convincing this morning. <laughs> Is that all you can do? <laughs> all things. All things. No matter what, God wants to give you that. Why did he say that? He's wanting you to convince you, I am willing to bless you. You are the one holding me back. This is his word. Why else would he tell you this? That he wants to freely give you all things. All things. He wants to freely give you all things in life. Because he wants you to have peace. When something is broken, you don't have peace. Amen? But God says all things. He already delivered his son. This is the greatest gift ever. And if God will give his son to die for your sake, how would he be withholding gold from you? Gold is not equal to his son, right? He delivered his son for your sake. Why would he say so? You're asking too much. I already gave my son to you, but God says, I'm willing. My, the son is the greatest gift. I gave him up for you. The rest, you can have. He's willing to freely give you all things so that you can have peace in life. Amen? Amen. Just rest. When the devil is coming at you, you know why? He's scared something is about to happen to your life. That's the reason. You know why he persecuted Joseph? He saw something is coming. This is so bad. I'm going to kill this boy. He couldn't. And everything he was doing was leading to where Joseph was supposed to go. He was accomplishing God's will, thinking he was hurting the man and hurting God. No. That's not the only person. The Bible says if the princes of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of life. They thought they were killing Jesus. Oh, we killed him. We got him now. We got him nailed. He's tortured us for three years, opening the eyes of the blind and raising the dead. We got him now. We killed him. And then all of a sudden, he remembered. Jesus said after three days, and the Pharisees, he spoke to the Pharisees, you guys have to prevent this. You know, you are my children, even though you are the high priest. Okay? The people who go to church, they are not God's children. Amen? I said, and they went to Pilate. Uh, this deceiver said, he's going to rise up in three days. Uh, the, the, the disciples who were already hiding, they said that they may steal his body. Give us God. You know what was happening? Satan's world was crumbling. And he said, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have killed him. Now my kingdom, the kingdom is coming down. Hey, you guys protect me. If he comes up, kill him again. That's stupid. If a man dies and he wakes up, how can you kill him? The man who raised the man that had been dead for four, for four days, how can you, it's stupid to think you can kill somebody like that. But they were not, Satan wasn't thinking. 
And so when he comes against your life, it's because he's saying God's about to do something, but he doesn't know exactly what. And then he pushes you, and you think you're suffering, but what he's doing, he's pushing you to your destiny. Right? You don't need to weep. All you need to do is trust God. Trust God. And God takes you straight to your destiny. And then after Satan, I made another mistake. I made another mistake. Why do I always make mistakes? Because you don't know God. Amen. You are in darkness. You know the word, but you don't understand the word. Amen. And he makes a lot of mistakes. And he keeps mistake, making mistakes. He's made a lot of mistakes in your life. Amen. Because he's driving you to your destiny. He's driving you to your destiny. Ooh. Why should you keep your peace? Why? Why? Listen to this. In Psalm 139 verse 5. You have urged me behind and before. Who God? You have urged me behind and before. And laid your hand upon me. Amen. Do you know that God's hand has been laid on you? Nobody can take that hand away from your head. Everywhere you go, uh, God's hand is over your head. When the devil sees that, he knows uh, uh, this is a no-go area. I'm not going there. Uh, he'll try because he wants to find it way. He thinks he's tempting you to destroy you. But again, like I said, God has urged you around. Everywhere you go, God has, is around you every day constantly. Even when you do something wrong, I was saying to somebody, you know, Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep, Right? And one is losing faith. He leaves the pastors and the deacons, apostles in the church that are worshiping him. He leaves them and he goes after the one that is lost. So even when you are a child of God, and you've made what we call a mistake, and you think God has abandoned you. No! He hasn't abandoned you. He's abandoned the ones that don't need help, and He's after you. Amen! And that's the truth of the Word of God. And when He gets you, He cleanses you, puts you over His shoulder, and He's saying, Rejoice with me! Rejoice with me! I found this one back again. You know why? His love is undying. With regards to you, you are so truly loved in heaven. So don't, don't, don't hang your head down because you are going through some little difficulty. <laughs> God can slap that thing away from you in a second. God can do that. If He allows it, here's the reason. You wonder, why would God not deliver Daniel before he gets into the lion's den? 
He doesn't do that. He wants him to get in the lion's den. The enemies are saying, we got him now. We got him now. The lions will eat him up. We got him now. And then all of a sudden, he comes back out and they all lose their lives. Amen. Why? Now the king has much respect for a guy who is being in the den of lions and he comes back alive. Amen. God honors you. Honors you. He has aged you all around. And the Bible says very clearly, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I can't understand how God can be all around me. He says, where can I flee to get away from me? No matter where you go, God's chasing after you. And he loves you. Not chasing after you to punish you, but to bring you back to him. Amen. So you can have life and have it more abundantly. That's his mission. I came that you might have what? Life and have it what? Maybe we know that scriptures and we're, that scripture and we are too familiar with it. We don't understand everything God's saying. Amen. I want you to have life and to have it more abundantly. He says, how nice. But you don't believe it. If God said it, he can do it. If you believe, all things are possible to those who believe. All you have to do, he didn't tell you walk at it. No, believe it. Believe it. And watch God. Watch God. I've told you here before, God showed me, basically, I read the scriptures, but all of a sudden my eyes got opened. And I saw, wow, he puts his finger in a deaf person's ear, and then he commands, open. And they hear. I said, well, that's nice. But God, I, I want to try that. Can this little boy try this? And would you show up? And I got my opportunity to do it totally deaf. At first, when I came, they told this girl, she's been deaf, about 14, 15 years old, all her life, deaf. And I thought, wow, I got my opportunity. I don't care what they think about me if my ear is not open. I'm not here for them. I have nothing to prove. Amen? Put your finger there. This is the way Jesus did it. Hallelujah. And then you say, in the name of Jesus, open. And then, you know, with demons, you take your, your, my, took my finger off so that the demons can come out. And have their way off so the girl can hear. And everybody in church watching quietly. But God watches over. Every time you step out to try God's word, he's right there watching his word, not because of you, not because of the preacher, but his word cannot go down. You put it to action, he confirms it. And after that, you try to go, yes, she can hear. And everybody says, ah, wow, I didn't do much. I just prayed the way Jesus prayed, amen. You can do it as well. It's just you don't understand it and you're too afraid to try it 
because you are considering people, if your ear doesn't open, they will laugh at me. I don't want to do that. No, try it. Can I hear an amen? amen? And God will make it happen. God will make it happen. Amen. That, this knowledge is too wonderful for me. You're not supposed to understand it. You just believe that God is with you everywhere you go. You show up in the office and God's there. Sometimes the business is prospering because you're there. And after a while, the bo- God will make the boss know, this guy, there is something. Since he came in here, everything has turned around. They want to say, can you be my assistant? Yes, I will be. Amen. I will be. Hallelujah. God can do all of these things. If he gave his son so you can have peace and there's something causing you or resting in your life, that's not his will. And if you believe his will, it changes, takes off the unrest. And you can come to him, all you who labor. Amen? And I will give you rest. That's what we are talking about today. No matter where you go. Listen, John 14 verse 20. Why should you have peace? He says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. What does that mean? If, Jesus, if you are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, you are just his jacket. Amen? He's wearing you. Amen? When I come out, you're not concerned about my jacket, Right? He's the man, right? That's why Paul said, I'm not the one that's living. I am crucified with Christ. Jesus is living his life through me. So when he shows up, guess what the enemy sees? They don't see you because you're just a jacket. They see the one that is in you. That Jesus, that's the word of God. At that day, and this is the day. You will know, some of us don't know, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me. So what that says, if anyone is trying to destroy you, destroy your life, destroy your livelihood, destroy your kids, whatever it is, because Jesus is wearing you, everything you own belongs to him. And if the enemy is attacking your life, your children, your children also are his. He says this in Isaiah 54. And he says he will teach your children. All your children will be taught of God. Why would you teach at home children that are not yours? You can do that out of charity, but you can, the main thing is my kids, Right? So he's going to teach them. And he says, great shall be the peace of your children. So everything you have belongs to him because you are just a jacket. The enemy is attacking Jesus. He's going to pay a serious price. Amen? That's what it is. If we really believe scripture, you as a Christian, 
Jesus is living inside of you. And guess who that is? Jesus is God. So everywhere you go, God is showing up. No matter where you go, God's showing up. And the enemy recognizes that. The problem is, many of us believers, we don't take that to heart. We don't see that Jesus is actually living his life through us. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life that I live now is not my own. Christ is living through me. I am crucified. If you are crucified, are you going to be alive? Hey, can I hear you? If God, if you are crucified, are you going to be alive? But Paul said I was crucified, but I'm still living. But what is really happening is Jesus is living his life through me. And Jesus is living his life through you right now. He's living his life through you right now. You are carrying Jesus everywhere you go. And if Jesus had favor with God and with men, guess what you got? You got favor with God and you also have favor with men. Why? Because that's what was said about Jesus. He had favor with God and he had favor with men. It goes together. So believe it. And if you believe it and you take it to heart and you go out, you got favor. They just like you, but they don't know why. I just like him. Oh, I just like her. She's a good person. What do you mean by good person? But that's what the word says. We have our peace because God is living in me. (laughs) Many of us worry, right? Have you ever wondered Jesus is worrying? Oh, uh, God, I don't know what I will eat tomorrow. That's Jesus. That could be Jesus, but not Jesus. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about, right? Because you go to Latin America, they have a lot of Jesus. And I say, hey, uh, that's not the Jesus I worship. So when it is, I'm worried all night. I can't sleep. My children, oh, my finances, oh, my, my. Can you see Jesus doing that? Every time you're doing that, I'm anxious. My children, and all of this stuff. Guess what? Uh, you're having a pity party. Uh, guess who is your guest? The devil himself. Because that's not God's will. Be anxious for what? Nothing. You know why? You carry Jesus. Jesus cannot be anxious. Whenever you are anxious and worried and complaining and depressed, guess what? You've come out of his will. You're coming out completely out of his will. So you resist it. When the Bible says resist the devil, it's not always the temptation to do what's wrong. You resist him when he's coming against your life also because he's trying to to drive you down and to destroy your life. And God said, I came that they might have life and have it what? You believe that? You believe that? The Lord is mine even when things are not going well. Because what God is doing is preparing a way for you. And you can see it now because you are human. And then later, if you are complained, hope God has grace upon you, you get there. And, oh God, can you forgive me? 
I shouldn't have said all those silly stuff. Why was I so anxious? How many have been there and have to ask God for forgiveness? I have been there. I ask God for forgiveness. God, so I'm learning. Don't ever go there. I have to trust him. I can't be depressed. I can't worry. Don't care about what people think. That's usually our problem. Just don't care about them. If he thinks well of me, (laughs) uh, they have no choice. They will think well of me. Eventually. Amen. They may think bad of me today, but because he thinks well of me, after a while, hey, he's not as bad as I thought. Amen. And he may, oh, uh, not as bad. I think he's a good man. Amen. God has to change a man. I can't change it. Amen. But I keep doing what is right before him. Amen. 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 Pastor Larry, please come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my mask. Great message on peace. But before Pastor preached his message today, he gave a little salvation message and he likes to do that before every message because we never want to end a service that we don't ask people, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. And you can know for sure, you can know for sure that if he were to come right now, before you go home today, if it was time for him to come or time for you to, to leave this world, that you could go and step into the gates of heaven and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want every head bowed for a moment, please. No one looking around. If you're in the service this morning and you're not sure, maybe you've given your heart to the life to the Lord once, but uh, maybe slipped away. You're just not sure whether or not if Jesus were to come right now that you'd go to be with Him in heaven. Or you're out there watching us on the internet and you say, I don't have that peace that Pastor's been talking about. My life is nothing but a storm. In the middle of the storm, Jesus was asleep in the boat. Because he didn't, he had the peace. He wasn't concerned. But he spoke to that storm and he said, peace, be still. And it went away. Peace came. If you need that peace from the Lord today, you need to know him as your personal Savior. And if you don't know him, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here in this audience, and even if you're out there, I'll ask you this way because it's a, it's a sign of surrender. Would you just say by raising your hand, Pastor, I'm not sure, but I want to be sure before I leave here today that if Jesus comes, that he'll be my Lord and Savior. Would you slip your hand up? Would everybody stand with me? We're going to give everybody the opportunity to give and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask all you Christians, I guess we all need to repent at some point in time. We've all got a little things here and there. Maybe, who knows? But we're going to pray this sinner's prayer. And as Pastor has said, if you say this from your heart, it must come from your mouth, but your mouth is attached to your heart, okay? When you talk from down here and you begin to speak, and you mean it from down here, then what we say and what you say will save you today. 
So we're going to pray this short prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, all of my sins. Jesus, I come to you and ask you to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I invite you, Lord, into my life to be the Lord of my life from this day forward. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you rose the third day, presented your body to your Father for my sins. And I know that I am forgiven right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Guide me and direct me in your path for my life. Strengthen me with your power to walk the walk that I must in you. I am saved in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.